0: Welcome back to the Think Deeper Podcast, presented by Focus Press. I'm your co-host, Will Harub, joined by Joe and Jack Wilkie. Welcome into episode number. We were talking before. We were trying to count up the episode numbers. We're somewhere in the 80s. Somehow we have have lost track of the exact number. Um, 81, 82, 80, somewhere in there is where we're at. So uh, we are excited to be that close to 100 episodes. We thank you to everybody who uh, faithfully listens and comments and gives us um, feedback on, on episodes and such, whether it be Facebook or through Focus Plus. And, uh, speaking of that, we did want to, uh, push for, um, especially the folk, our Focus Plus subscribers to be sure and leave, leave comments, leave your thoughts, leave questions. If, if an episode sparks a question that you have in your mind about, uh, maybe the episode itself or maybe something else, feel free to drop uh, a comment on the episode link in our Patreon site, um, on the, uh, when, when we post the video for the podcast, because that's the content that we use for our deep end segment, which is again, just directly responding to questions, directly responding to comments that you have. So be sure and take advantage of that. And then if you're not a focus plus subscriber, obviously, first of all, we uh, feel free to, 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 sign up and join. There's a lot of perks and benefits that uh, you have there. And we'll, I'm going to actually turn it over to Jack here in a second to advertise another big one that we've got dropping uh, here in the next couple of days. But even if you're not a focus plus subscriber, we read every Facebook comment. We we pull from from Facebook and from YouTube comments for episode content. For uh, again, just responding to questions. And so, uh, feel free to leave your feedback there as well if you're if you're not a Focus Plus subscriber. And, and we'd uh, be happy to to respond to that. But um, Jack, I do want to hand it to you because we do have something exciting that's dropping. Is it tomorrow? At least in the next couple of days, that is going to be the latest offering from Focus Plus. Um, even if you're not a subscriber, don't skip past us, don't skip past this part because it is super interesting. We're super excited about it. Jack, I'll hand it over to you for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've been putting out all kinds of content every week since Focus Plus launched, but we also wanted it to be a a stable that grew over time where we are giving more stuff. And the first one of those that we are adding on is the Book of Revelation class taught by, uh, Joe and, uh... Well, taught by Joe and me. I'm trying to get my grammar right so I don't get corrected somewhere along the way. Joe and I, Joe and me. Uh, myself? Yet, Joe, and, and, Joe and myself. Taught by or? Joe and me. Uh, me and Joe, actually. Okay, there we go. The English teachers, help me out here. Hey, uh, me and Joe. i write right for a living. I, you'd think I would be better at this, but that's what we pay the proofers for. Uh, the Book of Revelation class. Uh, we've been teaching it at Jackson Temple Church of Christ where the three of us attend, and it's a fascinating study. We, I already kind of knew generally what I... Uh, thought about it, but I wanted to. We wanted to go more in depth, and so we've been taking turns. And it's it's every bit as crazy of a book as you think. But I also think that it's badly misunderstood, and not just by the crazy pre millennial. China is the great dragon out of the sea kind of thing, but a lot of the standard teaching you hear on it, uh, we believe, kind of misses the point. We believe also, it's a little more understandable than you think when you put it in its historical context, and so. Uh, that we're pretty excited to roll that out. Uh, we really hope uh, a lot of people will want to join Focus Plus to get access to that and everything else we're doing.
0: As somebody who has sat through the class,
1: uh, obviously I have not been teaching, as somebody who sat through it, it, is, it has
0: been fascinating. It, it's been really, really good. There are some very heavy parts, parts where it's like, man, this is a lot to think about. But It's been so educational and so informative of like, oh, you know, I'd never heard that before. And so I would encourage any of our listeners, if you're curious about Revelation and don't really know where to start, here's a resource of where to start Drop in here in the next couple of days. Understudied is what we're calling it. So um, Joe, anything to add to that before I get us into today's episode?
2: Yeah, the understudied banner is not just Revelation. After Revelation, I'm doing a class that I taught at Nashville School of Preaching um, for Song of Solomon. We're going to have a few, and that's why we call it understudied. You never hear Song of Solomon classes. You never hear Revelation classes past, maybe Revelation 2 and 3 with the seven churches and back. You know, the the last chapters at the end in 21 and 22. Like, nobody really wants to delve into those things. So there's a lot of times Christians have never seen it. It's understudied. That's the whole point of this. We're going to have a few other books thrown in there as well that will minor we'll prophets due time. Minor prophets that, you yeah, you just don't get. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the whole point of the understudy. We're starting with Revelation. I'm excited about it as well. Yeah, it's it's exciting to teach, though I'm I almost feel lost half the time. But uh, no, I think it's good, and, and it's been uh, hopefully it's very fruitful. So if you are listening to this and you are not subscribed, that is yet another reason. I think there's literally like a dozen plus reasons to subscribe to Focus Plus. The free shipping, the um, you know the discounts you get, the free the the premium access you get to certain things. Uh, this is just another thing. If you need some Bible class content or you really want to know Revelation from our side of things yeah, go ahead and check that out and subscribe. That'll be dropping, I believe, tomorrow, 1st of August.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Excited about that. But guys, let's go ahead and get into our episode for today. Um, Bit of a different one. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks how we can trust our Bible or why we can know we can trust our Bible. We looked at um, how we can know that the Bible is inspired based on prophecies and scientific accuracy and all kinds of stuff. That was two weeks ago. Last week, we took a closer look at um, alleged contradictions, um, some of the questions that people have about, you know, uh, has man seen God or has man not seen God? And, you know, things that the skeptics will throw at us Christians about your Bible says this here and this another place, how do you answer it? And so we looked at a lot of those alleged contradictions last week and tried to do our best to answer a lot of those and, and really shore up our faith as Christians uh, for those two episodes well, with this episode, we wanted to do something um, along this, in the same vein as as looking at our Bibles, but in a bit of a more lighthearted manner. We were talking and and we were like, you know, we, we've done some top five lists in the past, some top seven lists, I think, once or twice with this podcast. And so we were like, why don't we do a top five Bible books episode? Um, and so what we're going to do with this week's episode, again, it is going to be a little bit more lighthearted, but we are going to get into discussions about why we think that these are, uh, why why these are on our list, why these are in our top five. And then to conclude the episode, because again, we're, we're each going to approach, we each have a different top five of what is our favorite Bible book. So Obviously going to be some subjectivity there. All three of us kind of like to argue. So I'm sure we're going to treat it as objective. Like these are objectively the best books. But um, at the end, we are going to get into a discussion that I think is going to be super interesting about what do we think are the top five most important books of the Bible? and And, you know, to get the qualifiers out of the way. We're not trying to, to say that certain parts of the Bible are unimportant or anything like that, but I think it would be foolish to think that, or we'd be foolish to say that there aren't more important books of the Bible. I mean, you, you've got obviously salvation and things that you don't really read a ton uh, of salvation implications in numbers. There's a few, but you get, you get my drift here. And so we're, that's going to be a very interesting discussion there at the end about what are the top five most important Bible books? I'm sure we each have our list and we have not revealed these to each other these are we're going to be completely uh, surprised with with each one of these but guys let's start with the top five bible books and i'm going to go ahead and we didn't talk about this before uh we're going to do five four three two one for our top five favorite i'm going to go ahead and make the executive decision let when we switch to the most important let's do one two three four five that way we can make the case for why is, this is the most important compared to the next one but for these favorites for the top five favorites we'll do five four three two one um who wants to start? I've been talking for for a couple minutes straight. Jack, you want to go first with your number five favorite
1: Bible book? Okay, this is hard. You have to have a gospel. I mean, you just you have to have one. Picking between the four, oh man, I don't know. If you uh, have a
0: gospel as your fifth, it doesn't even make the top three. Oh man.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, th- this is the hard part ranking. I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, and so I I put Mark. Uh, John is. Right there, but then it's like, well, but but Matthew, but Luke, and so I just put Mark because a I've been studying Mark, I preached through Mark over a couple year period, uh, I'm I'm putting out a Bible class study guide through Focus Press on Mark, so I've been writing that for forever now, just bits and pieces slowly, but it's it's almost done, and so I guess in the moment I'm going to say Mark, uh, and I, I'll give the why it is the shortest of all the Gospels, but because of that it is. Somebody said that it Jack, reads like a comic Jack's book. not a big reader. He doesn't like to he read. He just doesn't yeah, want not to not read. A big so. readers. Yeah, <laughs> like, give me the cliff notes. What did he do when he was here? Yeah. No. Uh, it, it reads like a comic book. And then it's this, this incredible action in one after the next after the next. And just frame to frame to frame. If he healed this person and he cast out this demon and he taught this. And then he moved on and he argued with these people and all that. But it's woven together really well. Uh, it's... It speaks to a Gentile audience in like wowing them with here is this very powerful person and why he should be important to you, why this matters to you. But there's also a lot of sourcing and rooting stuff in in the Jewish uh, traditions and scriptures and things they would understand. And uh, the middle of the book where he kind of transitions from here's who Jesus is and why you need to believe in him to and here's what it means. You're going to go to the cross. He's going to the cross. You've got to take up your cross. Um, and it, it, he does a really cool thing that I've written about before and is going to be in the, the Bible study guide using the blindness healings as almost a parable in the text when you're studying how how Mark kind of uses that as a symbol for your understanding of Jesus and so there's just really cool little bits like that that the deeper you dig into the book there's just there's a lot to, to really enjoy I don't know uh, but of the four go- I could be talked in any of the four gospels, but I had Mark as my number five.
2: I just got out of it that Jack just likes short comic books, like a ten-year-old. So, it's that's the, it. Marvel, all, comic the it's Marvel comic book of the gospel. Marvel comic that's what it is. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I think that's. Um, I'll be honest. We could throw that one on understudied as well. How often do you? They didn't even have a class at Bear Valley on Mark. I didn't get it
1: because it was too um, similar to Matthew. And they're like, "Well, if we give you yeah, Matthew, exactly. you're close enough." And I mean, there's a it's lot of Matthew's overlap, younger brother. I agree.
2: Right. It may be written by Peter. No, just kidding. Um, uh, there's yeah. Textual criticism concerning Mark and such, but the, uh, yeah, it's not studied very often because it is kind of the little brother of the gospels. It is short. It has a lot of repeat stuff, but when you go through and you read it and what I've been, what I've heard is that it's from kind of the Roman perspective or he's writing to the the Romans in a way, um, that you start to see the keywords, the immediate, and there's, as you talked about the blind and, and, you know, um, yeah, the demon possession—that's that's key throughout Mark. So I, the little bit that I've studied, it's fascinating. We just don't study it very often. So I think that's that's interesting to have as five. It's very interesting. Will go for it, Joe. Uh... You... Okay. No, I got nothing to add to that. You go ahead and give your number five. This is gonna get me shot. Um, I have Genesis as number five. So yeah, Genesis number five. I figured on your guys. Is this? I should not ask if it makes your list. I want to know if it makes your list. It's Some on our list. Gotta, wait to it's... gotta wait to find okay. out. Gotta wait to find out. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, it's on uh, mine. I,
1: I just I just gave that away, but yeah, it's not go. at five though. I mean, come on.
2: That's what I figured that yeah that you would uh, hate me for is the fact that it is at five, and um, you know me, I did like what feels like dozens of sermons on the, just the first three chapters of Genesis and kind of the way that everything breaks up from the fall, but pre-fall and marriage and I mean all of life is really set up there and the masculine mandate of like hey go out and and. Basically, take dominion and be fruitful, and multiply, and everything else. And so, if you took the first three chapters of Genesis alone, and that was the only, that was all the book was, it would still make my list because of how theologically jam-packed that is in three chapters. And so, you take those, and then you move on, and you're starting to see the way mankind kind of unfolds, right? You see Cain, and you see things get worse and worse up until the flood. And then after the flood, what's the first thing that happens? We see him getting drunk and, and they're kind of like starting the process all over where he's him is seeing his father's nakedness. Like, here we go again. We just got off the ark where the whole earth was wiped out for the sin and we can't even stay, correct, it's like two days, right? And we're back at it again. So I, I think that's fascinating. You get to babble, it explains so much about human history while at the same time explaining so much about God, explaining the Abraham covenant, like, yeah, it's for most yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna give away <laughs> in the fact that yes the, on the most important list of course this makes that one but for favorite i just genuinely think it's a fascinating book the joseph story arc is fascinating you got some judah and tamar weird stuff in there let's like, what in the world um so from a literary perspective i mean it's kind of the ultimate book historical and spiritual and it's calling ahead to so many things in the new testament uh, yeah it's genesis is amazing I'll be very interested to see how much our
0: lists align as we get closer to number one, uh, because I have a different top five, or a different number five, I guess I should say. Um, I've got Proverbs as my number five book, and as as I was compiling my list of my top five favorites, it was very hard. We've joked before, these guys are are very Old Testament biased. They love their Old Testament books, Um, and I tend to just enjoy studying and preaching from the New Testament more. Um, but, and so I was, I was trying not to have too much new Testament bias in my list. And so I've got another old Testament book on my list. I won't reveal which one it is, but as I was thinking about, you know, what are my favorite ones from the old Testament other than the other one that I have on my list? Um, I got to thinking about Proverbs and just how much we've got a family worship guide. that focus press does, you know, there's a lot of good devotional study books out there for you to do with your kids. The entire book of Proverbs is basically the perfect family devotional book for your family that could last you basically their entire life. I mean, you think about how how rich the book of Proverbs is with lessons you could teach your kids, with lessons you need to know yourself, of course, but like, you know, I realize I'm kind of underselling the need for the family worship guide here, but like, just take the book of Proverbs and, and you've got a fantastic resource on lessons that you can teach your kids over and over again. Me and Rachel were studying just the third chapter of Proverbs and man, it took us four or five nights to get through, you know, all the, the things that are linked together, all the uh, the different themes that are, you know, because sometimes in Proverbs, it, it seems like, you know, you got one verse talking about one thing, then it moves on to something else and then something else and else. But to see the way that the, especially in chapter three that we were studying, the different themes are linked throughout the entire chapter. And again, it's just, there's just so much there um, that that to me is really, really valuable, really, really enjoy teaching from, really, really enjoy preaching from. And, yeah, I'm excited for when my kids get to be old enough. Again, we'll, we'll study the whole Bible, of course, but I imagine we'll be spending a lot of time in Proverbs. Just the wisdom literature that you get from that,
1: um, to me, is
0: made it worthy of number five.
1: That's uh, It works perfectly because it rolls right into my number four, which is also Proverbs, uh, which hey, there you go. for me is probably like Mark, it's recency bias in that my family, uh, our, our nightly devos, have been in Proverbs for a while now. We, we got through... We're trying to go a New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. So we finished Matthew. We went to so Proverbs. So you're not using the family worship
0: guide then. Gotcha. Okay. I
1: just, just I, you didn't <laughs> give me <laughs> one. That's the problem is <laughs> oh, you never, okay. never, oh, I've never bought one I'm because I'm cheap. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll read like 10 verses of the Proverbs and just kind of pick out one or two that that catch our eye. And, and it's kind of funny. Even the five-year-old, you know, is like picking up on wickedness and righteousness and diligence and, and like, what does that mean? And we get, have those profitable conversations like you're talking about, but for the longest time, I had a hard time with Proverbs because, there, you know, you'll hear that theory and, and the idea, which I think isn't a bad idea, that everything in the Bible points to Jesus, and if it's not about him, then, then you're misunderstanding it. It's like, well, how's Proverbs about Jesus? It's not about your atonement. It's not about our shortcomings. I mean, sometimes that path in the Old Testament to Jesus is very clear, and other times it's, again, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, you know, even Song of Solomon, it's like, well, how does this connect to Jesus? And the more you get into it, the more you realize it's about the lordship of Christ over all of life, and and wise living. That God loves us enough to give us wise living. And when we kind of overly do the spiritual and the pietistic thing, and and remove ourselves from the real world, and I, I think there really was a push towards that for a number of years. Uh, some of the Francis Chan, David Platt stuff had had value, but some of it really drove us away from like being grounded in real life. Of like, hey. Buy a house, get a job, raise a family, work hard. These are good things. Like, it's not all mission work. It's not all evangelism. It's not all, you know, directly church-related work. That there are real-life things that matter. And Proverbs, I, I really feel like, has been underrated in that sense. I mean, you read where it talks about working hard and making money. And you read that, and it's like, well, how does how is this compatible with Christianity? Because this is what God would have us do. Right, I thought money was hard. evil
0: type of thing. Right? right,
1: right. Work hard, earn a fair wage, provide for our family, uh, you know, things like that. And and so, uh, yeah, it' some very similar to, to where you are, but it, it just, to me, grounds our Christianity in the real world in ways that we can get away from when we don't understand that or don't apply Proverbs properly. Joe, I, number four?
2: I guess... Yeah, I guess I'm a dunce or a fool, I guess as proverbs would say, because I don't like wisdom. I didn't uh, put Joe's it in not, my a, big books. <laughs> not a big proverbs guy. I've been studying through, <laughs> actually. I do think it's great, but I already know it, so it's no, just kidding. Um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> number number four. I was just thinking, you know, do it with young kids. Like I don't really want Harrison asking me what a harlot is, so there may be parts <laughs> I skip around with. But um, you know, as it Fair is enough. a it is great with the kids and with family uh, in so many ways. But. Number four, I have my own gospel, uh, not my own gospel. I have John. Jack had his, uh, at at number five. I have mine at four. John is, we, I just got done preaching through and did kind of seeing who Jesus is, right? Who is Jesus through the gospels? And specifically in John, because Matthew, Mark, and Luke and the synoptic gospels give a very historical painting of Jesus, which is obviously we have to have that. Um, and we will get into this in the most important and and you know which one's most important because there is some significance obviously to why John may not make that potentially we'll we'll discuss that at the same time as far as favorite goes i mean John is fascinating when you look at the way that he p- paints who jesus is going throughout the book he gives you the 3d picture it's not just hey this happened and this is who jesus is it's like Jesus is the, the creator and he's the light of the world and he's the word of God and he's the tabernacle and he's the Jacob's ladder and he's the lamb of God and he's the, you know, all of that. And he, he walks through. And so you see the way that John opens up and it's just such a fascinating study. Um, and yeah, the way he portrays Jesus and the way that there's such a structure, like, it's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. It's not my time. Yet. Here's my time. I also like the fact that though he doesn't give the Lord's Supper, we also know that chapters 13 through 17 are part of the Lord's Supper. It's kind of that, like, peel the curtain back. What actually happened there? Matthew gives us less than 10 verses really kind of on it of what's taking place there. Um His prayer in chapter 17 is fascinating. His prayer is fascinating. You get that much detail into what was on his mind that night. Exactly. So all of these things, I'm the the vine, you're the branches, like the unity that he presents and all of that, and the Holy Spirit's role and how it's better for me to leave and the Holy Spirit to come. So you look at the way that he sets them up for their future. I feel like it really sets, I'm trying to think of how to say it, like it really sets the apostles up for how they went and did what they did. And the other ones, yeah, you're walking with Jesus and you see, but this was like... Let me teach you these things. It's not just him teaching the crowds, but specifically in 13 through 17, guys, you have the most important role in the world. You're going to have to take the gospel to all nations, and it shows how they're about to do it. And then he pulls Peter back in after that in chapter 21. And after his, it's just, it's such a good book. And once again, maybe recency bias, because I've been studying for, or I was recently for sermons, but yeah, John is tough to beat, uh, for that's, that's my gospel that I would throw in there.
1: I read an entire book, uh, I think it was Peter Lightheart's Deep Exegesis, which is a great book about Bible study, and I mean, this was an entire, probably 250-page book or something like that, about the symbolism, uh, and he kind of branched out from here, but it was all based in the symbolism of Jesus healing the blind man in John 9. Like, there were that many layers to the one miracle. I mean, like, you can spend a year in every chapter of, of John and still be taking stuff out of it, of, of just the hints and the references and the cross connections that that he puts in i mean it is a masterpiece literally.
0: yep yep agreed um i'll go ahead and give my number four um i've got ephesians at number four for me um it's a good one again starting in the end of the new testament here i had proverbs five ephesians four i got to thinking about all the the short pauline the shorter pauline epistles so you know colossians philippians ephesians uh, Galatians, I would throw in 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. To me, Ephesians is the best of, of that group. Obviously, he's got the bigger ones, uh, Romans and 1st, 2nd Corinthians and such. But for the shorter ones, I find myself migrating towards Ephesians more. Um, just the Just in the first 14 verses of Ephesians, you get just how incredibly blessed we as Christians are. And it says the stage for the rest of the book. You know, obviously you've got Galatians where he's kind of calling them out—not kind of—he is calling them out in the first six verses. Oh, foolish Galatians, uh, in chapter three. Um, you know, Philippians obviously about joy and rejoicing, and and there's a lot of good stuff in Philippians as well. Obviously the pastoral ones, First, Second Timothy, Titus. I I like Ephesians the best. Um, you you get just how in chapter two, desperately hopeless we as humans are without God, but then also the the but God verse. Where he says, you know, this is where you were, but God, but because of God, this is how you are. And then he gets into the Jew Gentile dynamic. And then chapter four, chapters four through six, really he delves into the practical more about here's how you here's how you put on the new man. Here's what wives, the relationship between wives and husbands are supposed to look like. Here's how you are to walk. Here's uh, here's how uh, children and parents, uh, bondservants and masters. There's just so much there that to me it's a it's a pleasure to read because you're reminded of just how graciously blessed we are. Um, and just basically really, again, it's like a two sided coin of how much we don't deserve it, but then how much God blesses us anyway. And that's just so refreshing and so enjoyable and pleasant to read. But then also it's, it's kind of a call to duty, so to speak, like, because you're this blessed, this is how you're supposed to live. And, And these are the standards that God is going to hold you to, to put on the new man, to put off the old, to, to live in this way, to have your marriages look like this, to, to have your parenting look like this, to, to walk in this way, to walk away from these things, and so I, I again to me it's just got a little bit of everything of the theological richness but also the practical here's how you're supposed to live and you know you we as Christians are expected to live a certain way and uh, obviously closes out with the armor of god and some fascinating stuff there um yeah I'm I'm a I like Ephesians a lot in, in case you couldn't tell the other ones are great as far as the shorter ones but I've got Ephesians 4
1: I think it's yeah it was hard to I didn't put it on my list but it was very hard to leave off because For six chapters, it might pack uh, like apparently the term pound for pound, pound for pound, right? Yeah, (laughs) better punch than almost any Bible book of how much he covers, how practical, how deep, how theologically rich, all that. Very easy to exegete as well. Right, right. Yeah, three chapters. This is not the last time we'll be
2: seeing Ephesians. I'll just say that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Joe is spoiling
1: everything,
0: man.
2: I (laughs) am. I am. We still got three though. So, all
1: right, number three. Who's Jack? Is it back to you? Yeah, back to me. Uh, Okay, I've got the Psalms, and three feels disrespectfully low, but I I don't know. you've got Psalms
0: and Proverbs
1: in your top four. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, I I do want to give a plug. We are right in the middle of a two-episode arc on Who Let the Dogma Out. We did one on Psalms last week. Proverbs is coming this week. And uh, about, like, how useful they are, but how... How much things would change if we use them more the psalms like literally is a songbook they were israel's songbook they were the church's songbook i mean psalms hymns and spiritual songs there's reason to believe that what paul meant by that was the book of psalms because of the way the the septuagint labeled them the psalms the hymns and spiritual songs within the psalms and so uh, that's what they sang and when you go through it it takes you through everything in life it takes you through all of the ups and downs it takes you through anger and depression and sadness and hopelessness and happiness and joy and, and just thankfulness towards God and, and the goodness of God and recounting what God has done for his people and the promises, but also there's the messianic stuff in there of how much points to Jesus, Psalm 2, Psalm 110. I mean, you look at how often the Psalms are quoted in the New Testament. It's just chock full. It, it, it trains you to think, in the and that's kind of where you pair it with Proverbs is these both train you to think in the real world from God's perspective. You know, the Proverbs is kind of what comes out through, through your fingertips. Your, the work that you do, the, the practical way you live your life, the people you're around and things like that. The Psalms are in your heart and your head. What's going on in there? And it teaches you how to work through any emotion. You don't have to be happy all the time. Every single day when you wake up, there is a psalm for how you're feeling, what you're going through, what you need. Uh, that that just trains you how to think as a Christian, as as God would, as as God's people always have. And you know, you're you're singing songs and and thinking through songs that have been sung to God for three thousand years. I mean, there's something really neat about that. And so, yeah, I I could not leave the psalms off. Um, Andy like I said, it got feels. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I love all of our modern hymns, but the yeah, really listen to the Dogma episode. We get into this deeper, but it's kind of we sing as uh, as we currently understand God. And that's why some of the like really touchy-feely churches sing the songs that what people have called like the Jesus is a boyfriend or Jesus is my boyfriend songs where they're essentially love songs, but they they're about Jesus and they're really touchy. They they're just they're a little weird. Strange. Yeah. But you get to some of the Psalms, and it is dripping you know, in, in affection and praise for God. And then the next one is, hey, God, these bad guys that are out there shatter their teeth. And you're like, whoa, whoa. We just—the the, the shift was really rapid there. But that's because— I didn't it sing that on everything. Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you need all of these. You need the lamentations. You need the imprecatory. You need all of this stuff to understand how to rightly order your brain and your heart before God. And so, yeah, I mean— the Psalms are are so useful, and not just a chicken soup for the soul. Okay, I'll read something to feel better. It has that effect, but it also has a way of training you to see the world the way God sees it.
0: Jack's got me feeling really bad that I don't have Psalms in my top five. You should feel <laughs> terrible that you don't have. <laughs> you should.
1: I feel bad that I don't have it number one. We all failed. We all just oh, no, it came man. short. Unless Jack's Joe has got, number one. Jack's Mr. got Ecclesiastes and
2: Song of Solomon as uh, as number two. Or yeah, two, right. One. Wisdom literature yes, apparently. All <laughs> the all the way down. Yeah,
1: Job was the honorable mention. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there you go. Um, Psalms is number three. Psalms is three for me as well, uh, and I'm with Jack. I think that's that seems too far up the list, but at the same time, you from the very first, there's not a lot I'm going to add. I'm just going to say, Psalm number one is one of the greatest things written in the Bible. Look, man, there's two ways you can go. You can you can either be completely grounded in the Word of God. You can love it. You can you can you know chase after it. You can do everything and just be that firmly rooted tree. Or you can be the guy that is the progression of sin. He starts with of right walking, standing, sitting, and be like chaff that the wind drives away. If you're standing with the sinners, you're not going to stand in the judgment. I mean, I there's one of the first like serious sermons I ever wrote is was in Psalm one, and I look back on it like, man, I miss so much. <laughs> there's, I there's so w- much stuff.
1: Were there unserious sermons you wrote?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm not counting any of my FPTC or any of my. Oh, oh most, okay. Most of like my legitimate homil- sermons, legitimate. Yes, well, you said serious sermons. Hom- I'm
1: like, what, what's the opposite of a? He <laughs> gets up and does a comedic sermon. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right.
2: i well, okay. I've seen
1: some guys try that. <laughs> I was so going to say right. that's, that's true.
2: I have seen that. um No, the the future preachers sermons and the homiletics one and two. I look back on those like if I ever need a sermon in a pinch, I look back at some of what I wrote in Bear Valley in homiletic one and Homiletics one. It's like these are horrible. <laughs> How did i get any passing grade on this this is terrible um but yes that was kind of the first one that i like felt proud of doing and i look back it's like man i missed so much in that too but really digging into just the very first psalm yet again kind of like genesis that sets you up psalm 23 beautiful psalm 119 um packs such a punch but i've made it my goal to exegete through the entire book of psalms and i'm probably up to about psalm 55 i've just been working on it for the last few years of look i got other things and i'll come back and every time I get back into the Psalms, it's like, wow, this is really good. This is really, really good. And I stay there for a long time and I just keep working. And uh, I'm blessed by it every single day I get in the Psalms, regardless of whether that's an imprecatory or a crying out to God, God, where are you? I mean, there's always something relevant. So Jack said it really well, but Will, what do you got us number three.
0: This is reminiscent of when we did the uh, the holiday episode, and we did like choose between these two things or whatever. And Joe and Jack were like aligned on everything, and I, I'm the one guy over here that's like, all right, I have a little bit of a different different take, a little bit. Of I only lived in I the same
2: room with like, the guy like 15 years. I was gonna from, say that's
1: why Joe made me go first, is so we'd be like,
2: yeah, that's what I had too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what's what's the next one? What's the next one? Is that? Is that is, I just know if if I
0: wasn't on this particular episode, you guys, man, it'd be real quick because you would be very boring. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, we need some variety it. here.
2: Yeah. Thank you,
0: Will. Uh, no, I've got, yeah, I've got Genesis as number three. Um, could not have a top five favorite without Genesis. And it's funny, I bet a lot, I bet Genesis is in a lot of people's top five favorites because people always start their, you know, yearly Bible reading. And what do they get through every time? I always get through Genesis, so Genesis is very well known. Um, no, but I know y'all have already spoken on Genesis, so I won't spend too much time here. Just the, the fact that it lays the foundation for the rest of the Bible, like Joe was talking about, the first three chapters you get... The need for redemption in chapter three, you get the the first messianic prophecy of like, look, we're gonna win. Jesus is gonna win in the end. And you get that three chapters into the Bible, it's just you know the, the coolest thing. the the stories, the the character development. You get Joseph, who's one of, in my opinion, the best characters to for us to learn from in all of God's word. You get Joseph. He gets thirteen chapters. Obviously, you get introduced to Abraham and, and Noah, and so many other good ones. Um, but the fact that it, it it literally is the foundation. You take Genesis away and. A lot of the Bible, you just you, you you would misunderstand it. It wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate it as much. Got to have Genesis in, in the top five, in my opinion. So yeah, that's it's. I've got it at number three for for me.
1: Nice. All right, so we're into into top two territory now, huh? Top two. I three two and one. I could it was all interchangeable. So real Psalms, quick, recap and,
0: your five four three again. All right, Jack. so I
1: had Mark, Proverbs, Psalms. I'm gonna go with Romans at two. Uh, I'm sure that's really? probably supposed to be number one on my list, but, uh, I won't say a lot because I'm sure one of the two of you has it right at the top. Uh, it, as far as theological richness, I mean, there's a reason it's considered to be like the Bible's masterpiece, you know, Paul's magnum opus, whatever you want to call it because of it, it goes over. It's just the whole plan. It's, it's sin, the fall of faith, grace, baptism, sanctification, growing in it, the, the Spirit's role, the the promise we have ahead of us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God's plan to bring Jew and Gentile together in, in 9 through 11. And uh, then, then the practical and starting in chapter 12 and, and how to live as a Christian and, you know, the, the living and holy sacrifice and being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Governments I mean, it's just,
0: in 13.
1: Yeah, yeah. government. Well, and, and that kind of branching off from... If possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Number one, the government. Number two, chapter 14, each other. Matters of opinion, how to tolerate one another and not make each other stumble or judge each other. Uh, Romans fifty. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. I mean, stem to stern. It. it uh, my buddy Daniel has been preaching through Romans for like two or three years. And you're like, okay, that's kind of ridiculous. But when you get down to it, you really can. You can spend that much time in there and get something out of it in that much time of, of weekly, you know, two or three verses at a time, because it's just that heavy. There's so much that it teaches us about, really, God's plan for everybody, and so uh, I've got it at two. Like I said, I'll, I'll keep mine short this time. I'm
0: gonna cut I'm gonna cut in front of Joe, because I also have Romans at two. Ro- Romans is my number two as well. Round it okay, up, oh, Well, hold
1: on. So, Will hasn't done a gospel yet, correct? correct okay Mark, so i've got no, proverbs to... at
0: 5 ephesians 4 genesis 3 and romans at 2
1: okay so it's got to be a gospel at number one but i'm really interested to hear which one it is but go ahead with your romans.
0: um yeah joe did you are you saying romans is your number two as well okay interesting okay so we all have the oh. same number two
1: okay i've got joe's number one figured out uh will is okay. a gospel so we'll see
0: Anyway, yeah, Je- I mean, Jack, you summed up Romans very well. I am in the middle of—I shouldn't say the middle. I'm in the beginning of studying in-depth, verse-by-verse, exegeting as best I can the book of Romans. I'm in chapter 3, and just in the first, you know, two and a half chapters, it's like, wow. I really could, like you were talking about with Daniel, I really could spend the next three years here in Romans because there is, there is so much of I guess, theological richness of, of studying how Paul is presenting the gospel, how he's, you know, presenting— the Jew Gentile dynamic, how he's presenting just once again how how the, how the grace of God is how it's so undeserving, but how he freely bestows it. Yeah, there's I'm not even all the way through it. I haven't studied it near to the depth that these two guys have, but I am thoroughly enjoying the the study of it. And as you as Jack laid out, I mean, I'll go ahead and Joe's done his fair share of spoiling. I'll go ahead and spoil. It is it is definitely on my top five most important books for sure. Somewhere in there, I'm sure it probably is for you guys as well. Um, yeah, I, I like Romans a lot, Joe. What did you have to add?
2: If Romans wasn't on a list of most important, we'd be having a a True. very yeah uh, yeah very big discussion. How would you it feel if it why? wasn't on
0: one of our top five favorite lists? Because favorite is a little more subjective. Would you would you question the validity of the list? It's you know like top five of the, the top five. For sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey,
2: we, no, we and, all fall short, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, Mr. Romans. <laughs> um but yes it's it's number two on my list there's hardly anything else to add to it uh my top five up or top four up to this point no five through two is genesis john psalms uh and and romans and yeah i mean oh yeah i know
0: what joe's is i know what joe's number one is. yeah then.
2: and so once once again as we get into number one we're talking about favorite books, favorite to exegete, favorite to study. Well, go ahead, and since um, you already
0: kind of spoiled it, Joe. Go ahead. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> Ephesians is my number one, yeah. um, and and that's why I say it's the favorite. Do I think Ephesians is better than Rome? Uh, this? Please don't cancel us on this podcast. Are they saying that the Bible is? better? look, the last time we asked is-
1: people not to cancel us, it didn't go very well for a few weeks. So just <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, this is all for fun. These are things that we... you know, The Bible's all... All of the Bible's important. We know. Exactly. It's all inspired. Yeah, it's all worthy of study. We get that. But when it comes to what I enjoy studying the most, it it would be Ephesians. For everything you said earlier, Will, I mean, the fact that the book breaks up into doctrinal and practical, you have a little bit of everything in a six-chapter book. It's got... It's it's one of the best, one of the easiest books, in my opinion, to exegete because there are different movements of the book, but at the same time, it's all carrying through a very simple um, principle overall. You have the two prayers of Paul. It's the only book where you see two of his prayers laid out that way, um, and both of those really spell out. number The prayer in chapter 1 spells out 1 through 3, and the prayer at the end of chapter 3 spells out 4 through 6, kind of getting ready for that. It is, yeah, it's so much fun to study, and uh, Romans, as good as it is, Romans is really, really deep, and you can get lost in the weeds, and you get into chapters 9, 10, and 11, and you go, what is going on? You got to pull out a lot of commentaries, things like that, Get start asking your buddies, what do you think about these things? Um, and so Romans is a deep study, it's fantastic, but Ephesians is like, you could pick up anyone I feel like could pick up Ephesians and just have a really good time studying it, so yeah, that would be my number one. How do, how do we feel about Jack not having it anywhere near his top five? Yeah, come on, guy. Kinda, come on, guy. Crazy.
1: Anywhere near it. I mean, it, it might be number six. <laughs> I mean, that, John, I don't
2: know. Uh-huh. Up there. I'm sure. Song Solomon's not Jack's Top you, five NBA players
1: it. ever probably
0: also doesn't include like, you know, Kareem or something like that. You
2: know, that one's about that, that on would
1: be a fun five. one. Yeah, no. Number one, Nicola <laughs> I mean, Jokic. Get... Number two, Jamal oh, Murray. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> I
0: got to say, I did expect Joe to, to pull out like Habakkuk or something in his top five. Like, I, I really love Habakkuk, you know. I genuinely thought not, about putting so...
2: Malachi. I love I love the book of Malachi. And when I studied Jonah, Jonah's a fascinating book too, but Jonah I didn't want to is... be that guy. Jonah is wild. Uh, Jonah
1: is the textbook case of VBS makes you think you know a book, and you go back through it, and it's like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is uh, it it is insane i mean like it is i can't even get into it on this this podcast but like no the the layers to it the the everything that's going on there it is gigantic it it, four chapters i mean so much as as a kid you come out thinking jonah you know everything ended up good no it didn't like it ended up in a horrible place he's not doing well you know and and this the whole book is a condemnation on israel and it's i mean like the way Jesus references it I, yeah, no, don't get me started on Jonah we might we have to made do an episode honorable on Jonah mention sometime for yeah. or, or, well, you're like going to do understudy I myths want to throw that something. in understudy yeah, we'll put it on yeah, understudy on, on Focus Plus but VBS Myths, we might have just come up with an episode or something I like that uh, There you go. so
0: right. I'm going to go ahead and give my number one I also, Joe, go do one. you have any idea what Jax is? I'm trying to peg his, so he's I, got two Old Testament books I gave it, it away I, no. I, I, oh, I said I it earlier it if you were paying attention I missed it they I weren't paying attention too. when I talk. That's what. Oh, that's will I mean. yeah, I'll go ahead. So Jack, put... Jack nailed it. I've got Matthew as my number one. I love the Book of Matthew. Um, Sermon on the Mount. Got gotta, gotta have a gospel. Yeah, the Sermon on the Mount is just to me what what takes it over the top. You've got the parables. Um, you've got so much of teachable thing. There are so many teachable things from Matthew that as you know, as much as Jack talked up Mark, you know, you just, it kind of skips over a lot as well. And so I love the, the depth to, to Matthew. I love the great commission at the end of Matthew 28. There's just so many reasons why I could preach from Matthew for, for two years. I think when I started at Jackson Temple, I actually did preach from just the Sermon on the Mount for the first six months or something like that. Like I tried to go all the way through it. Um, but it is my favorite gospel. You just got, again, so many things that John, you can make a case for, but uh, the parables in Matthew, again, the Sermon on the Mount, just the way you, you get to follow Jesus and you get to follow his apostles through. It's To me, it's the perfect mix of Matthew telling us, okay, here's what happened. You know, here here's a historical account of what happened to Jesus, but also, you know, kind of intermixing the spiritual lessons as well, again, with the parables. And it's it's not just, you're not just reading history, you're reading the lessons of Jesus. And I think he does that brilliantly. So Matthew is my number one. Jack pegged it correctly. It was a gospel um, yeah, I, I was not paying attention, Jack, to, if you did give it away earlier.
1: That's fine. Man, you guys are making me rethink the Mark pick, because I, I really do like Mark, but Matthew is so good. John is so good. We haven't even talked about Luke.
2: Luke is Luke fantastic. fantastic. I mean, yeah. like, number one is Luke,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I should, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, thematically, and when you combine it with Acts, I mean, like, oh, it, it, the Bible is fun, people. I mean, like, sometimes Bible reading kind of feels like a drag or oh you know I have gotta get through this and and some people just view it as very I don't know dusty very dry or whatever no man like and and this is something that we've got to do a better job of teaching people like how to read deeply and how to study and and get into stuff because it's exciting it's the best literature ever written ever written because God wrote it and and, and so it's not just uh it's not just uh, simple textbook kind of stuff it's very well crafted all of it so yeah no matthew you make a good case i might i don't know i'm gonna keep my list but hold on a second uh, i, I want to guess one? your
2: i want to guess your number one and will i'm gonna okay. have you guess i'm guessing hebrews did he say no, that's really? a good guess Will he didn't have genesis in
1: his top five did he yeah no i said we all had genesis so it's genesis oh you did have genesis yeah, oh yes genesis. okay there you go okay. yeah so wow. uh number one you guys have both said it i want to add a couple of things number one I feel like Abraham is the most underrated person in the Bible by Christians. If you ask people who's your favorite Bible character, David, Daniel, Joseph, I mean, Joshua, Jesus excluded. yeah, yeah Joshua, yeah, I mean, Joseph, even in the book of Genesis, Abraham's not people's favorite, and and you read the arc of the story, like, Abraham, I feel like is the second most important person to ever live behind Jesus, because, you know, they come off the ark and it's like, cool, Hot. we reset, we, we're back to the good guys, there, there's only good people on earth. And immediately it falls apart. Hang on, in fact, hang on, hang on, I, hang on, hang on. Go ahead. Without Noah, Abraham would not have existed. Well, I mean, that's true, but... It, but without so Adam, right, we the, wouldn't in, be in here, the, so... Yeah, okay. I mean, like, you, you can do those things. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Anyway, sorry. With those of... You've got... Uh, again, it's devolving. Uh, I, I actually taught a class on a Wednesday night here uh, a few months back, sometime last year, and the whole class was about mainly the genealogy of Noah and, and how much went wrong from the genealogy of Noah, and, and Ham, and Canaan, and all that, and, like, immediately, the world is devolving again, and Tower of Babel, and it's it's awful, and God has to split everybody up, and you think, they didn't learn the lesson, I mean, like, they're trying to outsmart God again, like, it, th- we just had to destroy the whole world, and now it's it's lost again, and then there's a guy, there's one guy, and everything hinges on him, and, you know, we sing that goofy song, Father Abraham had many sons, and as a kid, I'm like, what are we- why are we singing this? But now it's like, we that's my great-great-great-grandfather. Grand, you know, like, even though there's no blood there, you look at the New Testament, what it points back to Abraham is like, we're all in him. And so he's so pivotal to the entire history of humankind. Is like, that's where it shifted to where here the plan kicks into gear through this guy. But then, again, the literary stuff, you brought up Joseph and Judah and Tamar and the way that's interwoven together. It's also hilarious. I think I've sent you guys the memes I made up of the Joseph and Jacob stories funniest part of the entire bible it is so funny man like it, it i don't know i love that book so much i love genesis it's it's too good and so so it's safe
0: to say and on those uh like facebook things you see where which table will you be sitting at in heaven you'll be sitting at abraham's table discussing with him
2: probably abraham's so bosom,
1: yeah huh? yeah oh there you go
2: oh
1: ah very <laughs> nice nice reference okay so recap top fives real quick jack go go for it all right so mine was mark which I'm regretting, but whatever. Proverbs, Psalms, Bad Romans, pick. Genesis. Uh Joe, you had
2: that that's a bust pick, you know, and like in the draft pick, like, man, at number five, it better be real good. And you chose Mark. I don't know. Um, Genesis... yeah, that's, that's an
0: Anthony Bennett pick. I was <laughs> <from
2: Greek>. Sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: Mark's great. Mark's Poor great. Mark. Oh, Poor man. Mark. <laughs> what you got, Joe? Ryan Leaf. Um number five, Genesis. Number four, John. Number three, Psalms, number two, Romans, number one, Ephesians. Nice. I had Proverbs at five, Ephesians four, Genesis
0: three, Romans two, and Matthew one. So, not, not, right, so not really any curveballs in
1: there. For no, any of but the
0: lists. we we did other than disagree.
1: Mark. I mean, like we had overlap a lot, but it was not. I I thought we were all going to go and be like Romans, Genesis, Psalms. You know, like pick a god. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, right. it was there was similarities, but
0: so this is going to be the interesting part. I think is it, we each ranked the most important. Um, and obviously we're going to feel a little bit Feel more like this is a little bit more objective Than than subjective like the favorites were So I don't know how we want to do this I think we need to all give our one And explain why And then work our way down the list um, I guess I'll go first I got Romans at one
2: I got Genesis at one Really? Yeah, I got Genesis at one Jack, do you have
1: I didn't rank these uh, I'll put Romans at one as well
2: Okay You've
0: got, every, you got everything in Romans. You've you got, I mean, if you give somebody Romans to read, they've, they've got the entire plan for redemption. They've got all of it there. They don't have it with Genesis. True. That's true. They've got the foundation for it with Genesis, but.
2: Yeah, I feel like every, your need for like, who is God? Yeah, I guess you get that in Romans too, but like, who is God and where did we come from? And every existential question known to man is basically grounded in Genesis. But you're right. I guess it's the way that I
0: looked issue. at it was like, okay, if, if I could give somebody only one book to read Romans, sure. okay, for the second one, if yeah, I could only yeah. give them Romans I get and that. something else.
2: Yeah. I have Romans so, at two. So I went Romans. I have Romans at two for that reason. Okay. Like you will, I think if you had Genesis and Romans, you literally could, uh, that's almost, uh, that's, I'm not saying all you need. Yes, we need all 66, but you know what I mean? Like you'd have an understanding of where we came from God. So, well, just to illustrate this so gospel. people
1: don't think we're saying, oh, we don't need some of the books of the Bible it's it's one of those party games of if you're on a deserted island and you're only allowed two bible books or you know for the rest of your life or if you could only drop two into the jungle in africa where they're going to be able to read it yeah these these are the this that's the kind of game we're playing we're not saying man obadiah doesn't matter but on the other hand are you going to drop obadiah into the jungle and hope they read that no and so uh, yeah
0: you
2: got in obadiah that are like what is going to happen (laughs) <laughs> right. sorry I've
0: got i have so I okay I when I originally made the list I had Genesis number two as well and then I was like Would I give two books before giving a single gospel that describes Jesus and so I, I flipped it Genesis is my number three I've got I've actually got John as number two which might sound crazy considering Matthew is my favorite but I think John the spiritual um the, the spiritual way the book is written and really showing you the depth of all the I am statements of Jesus and and um just really paints him in, in a different light, in my opinion. Not my favorite to read and preach from, but Romans and John to me are the two that I would give to to use the analogy. Somebody on a desert island, those are the two. You you get you get the plan for salvation, all of it, and you get Jesus. So I did have Genesis two and then flipped it to three.
1: I have Genesis at two, but you're right, I probably should flip it to three. Oh well.
2: Well, so I'll get into my number three because number three I have is Matthew. And this is where we flipped. So you put John and I put Matthew. In. And we were talking yeah. off. We were talking off air about this like right before. Oh, boy. Jack is sharing a, uh, a meme. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to. Okay. You got to subscribe to Focus Plus in order to get it. But. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, you'll That's see great. it there. But anyway, I think we were talking off like. This, this is why Jack certain... didn't
0: rank his. He was too busy making memes. That's, no, that's right. Exactly that's why I missed my,
2: my ranking
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. You're,
2: right. You're good. Sermon on the Mount. It gives you the Lord's Supper, which John has the extension, extended, but he doesn't actually have the institution of the Lord's Supper. Um, it also has, uh, you know, a much like, chapter 26 is what? 70 verses long or whatever. Like the way, the whole procession leading up to Jesus' death. Yes, John gives that, but it's got all the parables. Yeah. Um, like there are part, it's got the great commission. So Matthew has things that I enjoy studying John more, but how much would we lose out if you did not have, again, great commission, sermon on the mount, the parables, all of that stuff. So I put that as, as number three on my list. And I'm with you in the fact that how can you top two, I probably should have put a gospel, but yeah, this is a close, close number three. Um, well I've got Genesis at three, so yeah, it's, it's close it's
0: close jack so if you had genesis at two what is your number three
1: i'm i'm cheating a little bit but it's it's just luke axe is one book it just is the scroll oh, wasn't long enough
0: no no that's no. It's cheating it's one that's book cheating, cheating. No, the scroll wasn't long enough oh I've my god because i've got axe as number four okay Ax is my number four you have to have axe
1: well yeah that's why i put it at three with luke oh Ax. give me a break <laughs> Okay, yeah, that might be cheating some, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep my list of, yeah, so it, Luke Luke 3, Acts 4, that's fine, if you guys are going to make me keep to the rules strictly.
0: We will. So I've got Acts Indeed. at 4, Joe, how about you, what do you have it for? i got Exodus at 4.
2: Um, Ahead of Acts? Yes. I don't know, I oh, didn't have my. Acts on my list, which is terrible. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's... Yeah. I guess Joe Pro, just thinks we don't need the church.
0: Effort. Apparently. Hey. Top five greatest quarterbacks ever doesn't even include Tom Brady anywhere on it. Like, okay, it doesn't. <laughs> it Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't put that one out there. Yeah, there's there's other ones. But yes, uh, I have I have Exodus at four, and the reason why, like, we've been studying on Fridays with Buddy Bars. Shout out Joey um, if you're listening. But uh, we've been studying through Exodus. We're three or four chapters in, and it's already like blowing our minds. Of well, what about this? And this this points toward Christ. And this points toward this and that. And and the coming out, like all the allusions, obviously, toward the New Testament, those are varied and and significant, and there's a ton of them, but just as a book in general, yes, you get into the weeds starting in like chapter 20 at Sinai, and it goes into all of those things, but it's not the weeds so much as it really helps you understand God's holiness, like the nature of God and how they came out of slavery and everything else, and so, I don't know, I think in Moses, I put Moses as the second most significant character outside of Christ, I know Abraham, you have that, Um, I think Moses is the second... And well, that's a good Paul's debate in there. I don't know, but yeah, Moses is. It's it's yeah, it tells the entire story arc of not the entire thing, but most of it of, like his coming into power kind of as a man of God, and it is a tough, tough. Like you killed a guy, Moses killed a guy. You know, like it, it's not a easy story. And he goes into Midian and he's hiding for forty years and the burning bush and and then the the whole thing with his wife and the foreskin and I mean that's kind of a weird thing. And like, but then he comes back in, and it's this, man, I can't even speak. I, I don't have any words. Any, I need Aaron for me. And then it kind of his rise into, okay, now he's really leading God's people. And uh, I don't know. So I have Exodus of four.
1: Well, Moses flees Exodus. Egypt, goes to the mountain, meets God, uh, or spends 40 years in the wilderness, you know, meets God in the mountain. All of Israel leaves Egypt, goes to the mountain, meets God 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, just... The way it it echoes like that, there's a lot of stuff like that. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I've got it at five. I was looking like, I didn't really know what to put five and then I got to thinking like, okay, again, based off of if I could only, if I have only given them Romans, John, Genesis, and Acts so far, Exodus would be the next one to me because of the law as well. Like you get the Ten Commandments, the original um how that started um and so I'm very curious Joe who your number what your number five is if you don't have Acts in your top five that's very interesting to me but yeah I've got Exodus at five so my most important ranking was Romans John Genesis Acts and Exodus
1: well so I had Exodus and then Psalms when I was trying to cheat with Luke Acts but since you made me bump Luke and Acts apart now I got to pick between Exodus and Psalms I had Exodus ahead of Psalms originally Uh, hmm, yeah Just to be different, I'm gonna put the Psalms there. There you go, the songbook of the Bible. So,
2: okay, Um, I initially, I'm actually gonna shift. I should have thought of Acts. I don't know. I don't think of Acts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's insanely important. I was gonna put Ephesians. I was gonna put (laughs) Ephesians because I feel like. But Romans touches on a lot of what Ephesians touches on. Ephesians just does it really, really well. But the Christian living of 4, 5, and 6, putting on the armor of God, how to treat your wife, how to treat, you know, your slaves and masters and children, obey your parents and the Lord. And like, I think the, and walking in a worthy manner and the unity of the church. Romans hits on a lot of that stuff, but I feel like Ephesians does it even, like, if it's it's blasphemous, to say even better. But I really do feel like it does it better more succinctly in terms of Christian conduct and how to live. So I think it's insanely practical. That's why I had Ephesians. You could make a case, obviously, for Acts. I think you could also make a case, potentially, even for Hebrews, um, that if you know the old Hebrews law... Like, Hebrews not been discussed
0: we... much this episode.
2: No, I think you could make the, the case, though, that that's on there. Like, how did we go from Genesis, Exodus, the law being given, to where we are today? And Hebrews really shows the importance of Christ... Um, not not against the old law, but like through the old law. So I think you could throw that on there and be okay with it. But yeah, I had Ephesians as my number five. All right. This was this fun, been, fellas. Been interesting. Yeah, yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. Most of it, there wasn't any like crazy, crazy takes. Um, we are going to have to do one on Jonah or something. I like that VBS myth. I mean, the whole idea of VBS is a myth, so. Um, <laughs> sorry. Just, <laughs> sorry. Oh, let not get on that hot take. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. But. Anyway, um, yeah. I'd I encourage all of our listeners,
0: way. comment with your top five of, of each of those. Favorite, important, however you want to put it. I mean, it's very interesting to hear. Come up with your own hot take.
2: You know, if you've got one a, on there that's...
0: One of-
1: We've been we've been doing some heavy episodes. We've been doing some like, controversial, unintentionally episodes, uh, and, and it was just like you know what we need a break. We need to get back to something lighthearted, like we used to do these every a uh, few months or so. And so let's let's do a list like this. But we also we haven't engaged much with the deep thinkers lately. We've been busy. You guys have been busy. It's summer. There's camps. There's vacation Bible schools. There's vacations. Whatever it is, we we wanted to get the the comments flowing again. We wanted to get the feedback, and uh, and so give us your top five favorites top five that you think are are most important however you want to define that Uh, and yeah I mean we'll we'll have a deep end episode on this which I think will be interesting I think especially with the deep end for our focus plus people I'm interested in getting comments and and getting to talk about ones that maybe we didn't expect on there like uh, the the ones that weren't on our list or in our consideration uh, and and seeing what people have to put out there for that but uh, use the Facebook page, Focus Plus Subscribers. Be sure to be on the Patreon. Anything else we got to add?
0: I'll be heading to, to do start an in-depth study of Psalms, since that's not in my top there five. You
2: go.
1: There you go. Yeah, Will's going to repent. And if, you five, <laughs> if
2: you give us your top five, if you give us your top five and Romans and Genesis are not on your top five and or Genesis, we will be making fun of you. Just be aware of that. But uh, that's okay. <laughs> they, might really like case, they might make a really they good might. case, man. They might make a really case. They might. That's, that's true. We there might we get like serious We we may be opening ourselves up to like novels of where somebody's just typing down why it's the best book ever and Esther or whatever. Hey, it it's interesting. To I, I, I was, was gonna say, to please do, yeah. please do. I would love to see it. We want to get that in. So
1: I mean, of sixty six books, there were some that I like. I couldn't even consider that I love. I mean, the first and second Samuel, and I mean just. That's, didn't First, even second Timothy, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The Timothy and Titus Hebrews that you brought up earlier James I mean like how did we not put James on there I, James will show up on people's list because gotta be. people love it it's great so yeah
0: but the lesson from this is I gotta go study Psalms Jack's clearly gotta go study Ephesians and Joe needs to read Acts <laughs> <Literally. right>. seriously <laughs> what is what is Acts? is
2: that a <laughs> right right is it is it a short comic book? <laughs> I hope so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I, I read right <laughs>
1: All right, we'll get out of here for this week. Again, we're looking forward to the comments. Uh, share it. You, oh, YouTube is another one. Uh, if you're listening on there, drop your comments. We'll be collecting them. That's part of the hard thing is we have comments coming in like email, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon. We're gonna try and catch them all. Be sure and uh, leave your feedback, and we'll look forward to talking to you guys again soon. <laughs>